welcome in everyone to another special interview of Go Be Wyoming. Today we're going to have Pete Obermuller of Petroleum Association of Wyoming. Uh, today is October 21st. Again, I have Zach all the way from Bozeman. Um, he's he's locked down due to quarantine, but uh, Zach um, looks like Pete's ready to come on. Uh, what is something you're excited uh, to learn a little bit from Pete today? You know, I'm uh, excited to see, you know, just kind of the changes and improvements that are happening in the oil and gas industry. Um, you know, I, I'm ready, to, excited to see kind of what's out there, what's to come, um, and to see, you know, how Wyoming maybe sets the bar or sets themselves apart from other states. Awesome. Yeah, this will be good and let's jump right into it. Pete's waiting for us. everyone we're into our interview we've got pete obermuller president of petroleum association of wyoming uh, via zoom and we do have zach on from bozeman pete thanks for sitting down with us thanks so much aaron appreciate it i want to kind of get right into this pete um what's kind of your history experience um in oil and gas and then maybe if it's uh, specific to wyoming yeah, interestingly, I actually don't have a background in oil and gas. Um, I was, uh, I, I grew up in Casper, went to Natrona County uh, High School, and then I, I, I left the state for quite some time. Uh, one of these uh, guys who uh, may be similar to Zach, who uh, goes and uh, tries out something else for a little bit, and then uh, and then eventually the pull is too strong to come back home. So, so I, I left uh, Wyoming, went to Minnesota, I lived in Minnesota for about 10 years, and then I moved uh, to Washington, D.C., and worked on Capitol Hill for about 10 years. Um, worked for a, a senator from Minnesota, and then uh, worked for former Representative Barbara Cuban and former Representative Cynthia Lomas uh, before moving back here. And when I moved back here, I actually took over the helm of the uh, Wyoming County Commissioners Association, the WCCA, uh, mm -hmm. and uh, I ran that for five years and then moved over here to the Petroleum Association. And, and uh, really, I think um, uh, the, the reason why I think PAW hired me, um, despite my lack of background in oil and gas, was just because of that, that government experience. And PAW realized uh, that we really needed to um, just uh, up our up our game, up our energy level, up our commitment to uh, being in front of government at every level, local, state, and federal, and uh, be able to communicate our message and work for policies that were pro-energy, pro-growth. Uh, we couldn't really couldn't really even though we're Wyoming and uh, you know we have this long history of, of energy development and support for energy development we couldn't rest on our laurels on that anymore we had to we really needed to up our game and I, I think that's why they uh, they were willing to kind of take a bit of a flyer on me and the fact that I, I didn't have oil and gas background so it's it's been interesting it's been a year and a half of steep learning curve uh, but but it's been a lot of fun awesome I'll, um, you know I kind of want to piggyback that then um, you know, our next question was, you know, what is PAW's mission goal? And you kind of already touched on it a little bit. Yeah, it's uh, so the Petroleum Association is uh, it's got a bit of a um, I'll take a detour if you'll let me a little bit, yeah. Aaron, on this, because uh, it's got an interesting history. It used to be uh, way back in the day. Uh, and by that, I mean, um, 
uh, you know, 40s, like coming out of the uh, World War II and all that. Um, it right. was a conglomeration of, of Western states. Uh, it's called uh, Rocky Mountain Oil and Gas Association, I think, something like that. But it was a bunch of states. And then uh, it was in the uh, 70s when Wyoming decided, you know, we need to have our own. And, uh, and PAW, as it is now, was formed uh, really to just try to drive more Wyoming-specific issues. And, and the interesting detour, Aaron, I was just, we just moved our office in Casper, and uh, and so we were cleaning out some stuff and, and found some old historical documents. And and wouldn't you know it? And um, the, the there we had a speaker at our annual meeting in 1945, who said to to PAW's audience at the time, "Our number one challenge is education and public relations." of of legislators and the general public about what oil and gas means to the nation and the world 1945 <laughs> and, and i looked at that and i thought first first thing something's never changed like like that that is a, a top goal still and secondly it just made me feel better like there's been a lot of smart people since 1945 and we're still working on this yeah <laughs> so uh you know so I, I was i was really interested in that so you know th that's a big goal right now uh but but really it's kind of it's kind of um it, it kind of threefold it's that 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 outreach that education trying to be a point of contact for legislators and the general public to uh, have a place to go to get a better understanding of what oil and gas is, how it works, what it means to Wyoming. And then uh, obviously there's advocacy. Uh, so we can get into this later if you want, but, but, you know, a big part of my job is, is so-called lobbying, you know, those, uh, those uh, evil lobbyists, um, right. special, special interest groups, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, so that's a big part is advocacy. And then, and then third, it's really just, you know, all these companies and, and you know, uh, uh, all of my members are competitors with each other. And uh, antitrust, you know, uh, prevents them from, of course, colluding and, and working together. So the, the association gives an outlet for learning best practices from each other, and uh, learning how to um, uh, just just better the trade uh, through the trade association. So that, that's really the biggest mission of it. We have about 200 members or so. Um, and uh, from all facets, we got, uh, you know, the largest exploration and production companies down to really small mom and pop operations, uh, folks like you guys, um, uh, you know, uh, attorneys, environmental consultants, engineers, um, uh, that kind of thing. So it kind of runs the gamut of the whole orbit of oil and gas. Right. No, that was great. We, you know, we uh, had an interview with Lindsay uh, Dossett from Pacer yesterday, um, oh, nice. and she, she kind of explained what WAPL and AAPL are, um, and that was a great kind of differentiator between the two groups. You know, WAPL and AAPL are more focused, you know, probably on the land side, where you know uh, PAW is like everything. You know, like right. you've, got, you've got everyone from the operators all the way down to you know the regulatory. So um, right, right, things like that. Um, Zach, do you have anything there from from what Pete said there? Uh, I mean, we were going to maybe ask you this a little later, but you, you talked about advocacy and, and kind of the information side of it too, educating the public. Um, you know, maybe what are some of the common misconceptions that people have then about the oil and gas industry and especially, you know, in Wyoming compared to other states? Yeah, it's, uh, it's a great question. And it's, um, I guess it can sometimes be just a little topical, depending on, on kind of what, what what's happening at, at any given time. Uh, but you know, one of the ones that, that comes to mind, um, uh, number one is is you, you hear a lot of talk 
nationally and sometimes in Wyoming about, oh, big oil, you know, uh, big oil is doing this, big oil is doing that, whatever. Um, and, and you'll even, you'll hear, and, you know, I imagine since this might be posted, um, some of my friends in the environmental uh, activism community like to capture these things and then replay what I say on their websites and, and that kind of thing. And they'll talk about, you know, big oil representative and and I think what people don't know about Wyoming is that is actually, uh, obviously we have a lot of oil in Wyoming. We have a lot of operators that drill for oil. It's a big part of our state, but we don't really have big oil. Um, big oil is the big multinational um, corporations uh, that, you know, what, what's so-called the majors. And so like Exxon exists in Wyoming, but their biggest operation is actually a helium operation over in uh, Lincoln County. And uh, our, our, all, most of our, our oil and gas uh, operations in Wyoming are small independents. Uh, they're independent, not not giant vertically integrated. So we, we're, we're more of a conglomeration of small operators. It's not, I guess you can call us small oil. <laughs> In Wyoming, you know, um, we don't have we don't have Shell. We have BP, though they are pretty open about trying to kind of get out of Wyoming. Um, uh, you know, Chevron is not here. Um, you know, the big the, the, the big ones are are not here. So that's a pretty big misconception. Uh, number one is is that uh, is is this notion of big oil. And other than that, you I mean, I can go down a hundred rabbit holes on individual issues, which I'm happy to get to if you guys want to, where there's where there's misconceptions. Yeah, I think the two that, um, you know, that we've been talking about recently, and I, I think it's probably due to the political environment, you know, we've got a big election coming up. So the two big things that if you don't mind, um, we've hit on kind of the orphan well, you know, um, yeah. there's been a lot of, um, I, I'll say misinformation, you don't have to say it, but I think it's been misinformation about I'll orphan wells. Yeah. Um, and especially how the Oil and Gas Commission handles them already so i think if, if you want to shed some light on that a little bit too yeah i appreciate that a lot um yeah, thanks for bringing that one up it's it's been um a little bit of a burr under my saddle here recently uh so uh, just you know stop me if i get too far into the weeds here but uh you know essentially uh, orphan wells are of course you know for your listeners who may not know um are wells that, that aren't attached to a particular owner right now. For whatever reason, the owner um, walked away. And so there's no, there's no owner of that well. And, uh, and so there's nobody, no specific company obligated to do the, the, you know, plug that well, abandon it and reclaim it which costs money, of course. Right. And um, there are other states, particularly states back east, Pennsylvania and others that have, uh, they don't even know how many orphan wells they have. They, they uh, you know, from, from a bygone era uh, when, when people cared less about this. I, my former boss, Representative Lummis, uh, has a, a really interesting take on all this about how we've changed our attitude about these sort of things. We have a, we have a different conservation ethic now. Uh, than we did back when some of these regulations came about. But re regardless, we, we sort of, there's probably some orphan wells in Wyoming that we don't know about, but for the most part, we have a good handle on it. And a lot of them are those coal bed methane wells up there, kind of around where you guys are, uh, up at you know, Sheridan Campbell and uh, Commerce County, some of those places. 
And so what, what Wyoming has done about those is, is we've set up this really robust orphan well remediation program. It's really a model for the nation. Uh, and you know, recent news stories and some of some of my friends in the environmental activist community will 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 really um, spread some uh, uh, misinformation, a little bit of fear mongering about this, particularly about how oh my goodness, um, you know, taxpayers could be on the hook for billions of dollars in orphan well cleanup. So maybe you're referring to that story that recently came out, Star Tribune, and 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 that was irritating because that group that did that study they they took every single well in Wyoming, even water wells, every well, and said, they're all gonna be abandoned, 100% abandoned. And this is how much it's gonna cost using a, a pretty high estimate of the cost. Right. There's, no, there's no basis in reality to that, Aaron, no basis in reality. So you take the actual orphan wells, uh, number one, and then you say, we've, we've set the system that, has, uh, that, that helps solve the problem on both ends. On the front end, companies have to put in a bond in order to clean, to plug and abandon and clean up their wells on the front end. Mm -hmm. And then on the back end, they also pay a tax that nobody else in Wyoming pays. It's only paid by oil and gas that goes into a fund at the commission that if there are abandoned wells uh, and for some reason the bond isn't enough or it's not attached or whatever, um, there's another fund at the back end. Both of them are paid by industry. Uh, and there's more than enough money in there to to plug and abandon. In fact, what we called for was, uh, and they're doing it now, is is um, since we don't have very many rigs running, we got crews, uh, you know, waiting around and wishing for work. We've said, hey, look, now is the time. Let's 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 just let's shoot money out of bazooka at um, at, at um, plugging and abandoning and reclamation and get these people back up to work and we can knock out all of these abandoned wells if we really put our mind to it. I think we're on pace to clear like half of them in this year. Yep. So, um, or more, something like that. But um, in, in any case, the, the, the bottom line is, uh, you know, I think it's just important for people to know when you hear these sorts of things, one, check out who's actually writing them and, and writing this stuff and, and where they're coming from. And two, check out what our program is. Cause I think Wyoming can be proud of our orphan well program. We're uh, totally industry funded and not very many in the scheme of things. And we're working to, to uh, eliminate them entirely. Totally. No. And that's, I'm glad you, I'm glad you're saying it. Cause you know, Zach and I, we brought this up and um, since I get kind of your guys' information, you know, I, um, we've spoken about this, but I think you eloquently explained it a little bit better than I did. Um, I do want to, you kind of mentioned it, you know, the, um, the legislation we have now in regards to the, the, the current, um, you know, work that we're doing, reclaiming some of these wells, that is stuff, that is something that PAW kind of was pushing, um, that has now come into fruition. And now it's kind of like, um, you can kind of pat yourself on the back and get those environmentalists off the industry a little of like, Hey, we pushed this through, which you guys should be happy for. Um, so is there anything else that, um, I guess my question is that you guys are working with the commission or things you've heard from the industry that may be coming around the bend on the session coming up? Uh, yeah, you know, quite honestly, I'm, I'm sort of hoping for a little bit of a quiet session. I, I say that kind of every year around this time of year, and um, and usually it doesn't work out that way. Uh, but the right. last, you know, 2019, you know, forget about the pandemic, which we can talk about the impact of that uh, if you want. Mm -hmm. But uh, even prior to that, 2019 was, um, was a, a, a really busy year 
from a regulatory and legislative standpoint for oil and gas, really major, major changes happened and uh, in the oil and gas realm. And, you know, most people, it's, it's a lot of real kind of inside baseball. And, and so I'm not going to bore you all the tears with everything that happened, but uh, major things on, on wildlife corridors, on, um, on, you know, how companies can apply for a permit and receive permits and how long they can hold on to them and, and how companies can, uh, you know, work with the various owners inside of, uh, you know, where they plan to drill. There's usually lots of owners and there's rules for how those owners can work together to make sure that you can produce the resource. Major changes there. Lots and then, and then huge changes in, in how um, oil and gas pay, pays property taxes. And so sort of massive changes. And then the pandemic hits and all of those things kind of got uh, all of the implementation of those things got paused while everyone um, had stay-at-home orders and we tried to just sort of survive through the past six months. And uh, so we're still in a, in a pretty significant amount of, of regulatory uncertainty in Wyoming. And so our, our message has been, as we kind of approach this next legislative session, like, hey, let's, let's all take a deep breath here. Let's get, um, let's get industry back up off of its knees you know, for the good of, of, of Wyoming and for industry and for, for workers in Wyoming and all that, and, and kind of let the dust settle on all these major changes we did. And, and then we can talk again about other other things that are, that are happening. And, you know, there, there may be other things that need to be addressed that probably are, they usually always are, but um, right. uh, we'd kind of just like to take a breath for a minute. And I, and I think, you know, I'm in the industry, but I think everyone right now is just kind of like, let's just get, let's just get through 2020 and let's see where we, we stand, you know, and uh, I mean, that's just my personal belief, I guess I shouldn't say for everybody, but I feel like just politically, locally and federally, it's kind of like, how about we, you know, see where things end up, like you said, and, yeah. and, and let's see if there really needs to be any change, you know, because yeah, no, I mean, you're, change. you're, yeah, you're, you're, I mean, that's, you're saying what a lot of the members are saying is, is heck, we, we don't know who's going to be around still come January, uh, you know, I mean, things have gotten better, the prices have, prices improved a little bit, but you know, we, we only have, we got four rigs running right now, um, you know, we got a gas rig over in the Jonah field, we've got one uh, a rig in the, in the Powder River Basin, um, a horizontal rig, and then we've got two vertical rig, kind of smaller vertical rigs going on. And that's going to yo-yo at around three to six, I think, for probably the next six or seven months. Yeah. Uh, and um, if we're going to talk about anything, we should be talking about how do we, how do we, um, how do we help industry hire more Wyoming people, get rigs stood back up, uh, you know, when the price comes back, how do we how do we push Wyoming to the front of the line in terms of making uh, investment decisions of, of of getting back to some form of normalcy in the industry in Wyoming? That, that you know, that's where if there is something to be done in the legislature, that's where we'll want to work. Yeah, I think that's great. You know, we're you kind of touched on these different issues, especially with the you know whole state of COVID and. Um, you know, we've got four rigs running, but, um, you know, what maybe then is uh, the Petroleum Association of Wyoming doing or what are they trying to plan to kind of help get that return to normalcy going? Yeah, it's um, initially, Zach, it was all um, kind of emergency triage. Uh, what, what, what sort of things could Wyoming do and the federal government do that would help industry to just survive? Uh, and and the whole theory behind that, and there's you know there's 
there's the you know there's been discussion and debate around this but basically it's um you know from a revenue standpoint and a job standpoint for wyoming um it is much better to take sort of emergency measures short-term emergency measures that help uh, help companies keep their doors open so that they are positioned to come back uh, than it is to just say, well, you know, you know, can't do a thing. And then all of a sudden it's, I mean, you, you guys know, you, it's not just like you flip a switch and the industry comes back. It, it takes a while to get that capital and the people back. So, so first stage was sort of what can we do to kind of make sure that people can hunker down and, but stay viable. And, uh, you know, that's where, um, you know, some of the lease relief and that kind of stuff at, at federal level happened. And at the state level, there was a lot of uh, efforts at, at Department of Environmental Quality and, and Department of Revenue to, quite frankly, do what we should have done a long time ago is sort of shift away from um, sort of in-person signing of things and move to more like digital filings and, and stuff that that allowed people to do work from home. Um, and I, hopefully we keep all that. That's been a, just a general improvement. Right. Now that we're kind of past that emergency point, um, what we're really thinking pretty critically about is what are the things that Wyoming can do that puts Wyoming, the Wyoming legislators you know, can do that puts Wyoming at the head of the line. Uh, so um, there's a, uh, there's severance tax relief for oil and gas for a short period of time. When it was passed back in March, it was before COVID, and it was actually designed to to kind of help the gas industry because they were really struggling. Uh, and then it ended up because of the price point and COVID, it ended up kicking in for oil. But now there's another bill in play that um, uh, the uh, Minerals Committee has passed. That's, that's interesting in that it what it says is it basically says that look, we all know that you can offer all the incentives in the world, but if the price of oil is sitting at fifteen dollars, nobody's nobody's investing. So so what's the price where companies start thinking about reinvesting in Wyoming? And the committee set it at $45. And then basically they said, okay, so when we hit $45, what we're going to do is we're going to say, um, now that you all are at, you're at a price where you think you might invest, a, a, another severance cut um, is a short-term severance cut uh, is going to kick in so that um, you've got both price and you've got an additional incentive from Wyoming. So come here before you come to North Dakota or to New Mexico or, or, or Texas or that kind of thing. Uh, and uh, so that would need to be passed by the legislature still as past committee. Um, but it's an interesting novel idea of sort of recognizing that really price is really key. But after that, you can, in fact, kind of give a little extra nudge. Um, and, and so we've been, uh, just last point on this, I know I'm, I'm, I'm rambling now, but um, we've been really thinking a lot about, uh, you know, our friends uh, in, the, uh, in the environmental activist community will often say, oh, you know, taxes, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You know, people will, will drill wherever they want to drill and it doesn't matter what the tax is. And, and they, they often pull up this old 2000 study from the University of Wyoming um, that they will say sort of backs that. So what that study said, and I've asked the School of Energy Resources to update that study uh, for more updated information, but what that study basically said is actually tax incentives do work, they just don't work as well as they would, that the authors of that study would like. But what, what what's often not said by my friends in the environmental activist community is the next part, where they say, what really works is figuring out how to reduce the cost of investment and upfront capital 
And if we can do that, it's going to have a major bang for the buck in terms of jobs and revenue and all that for Wyoming. So we're really thinking about that. And then one of those is, is, is the high cost of electricity for, for oil and gas. That's yep. um, uh, other than personnel, electricity costs are the highest costs. And there's other ways that we can reduce those, those electricity costs and just kind of help reduce the cost of drilling in Wyoming at the very beginning so that they're more incentivized to come back here and hire Wyoming people back and, 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 you know, get, get that revenue flowing to the schools again. And, uh, you know, so, so, you know, football coaches can go out and, and coach football, you know? Yep. <laughs> that leads me in. That was great, Pete. That leads me into our kind of one of our last questions here is, um, you know, technology infrastructure. Um, you guys are probably right in that too. You kind of brought it up. We've talked about it before about, you know, the cost of drilling, you know, we need to get that down a little bit because, you know, driving out into the Powder River, you kind of look around and you're like, man, I am, I'm a ways away from civilization, you know, and, 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 <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, so what are some things that you're seeing, you know, technology wise or innovation that could help, you know, that could make Wyoming, you know, in the front runner? Yeah. Uh, that's the most exciting part, I think, about the job is, is learning about that kind of stuff. Um, you know, we can talk about all the regulations we want to talk about, um, uh, you know, um, EPA doing this and Green New Deal that and all this kind of stuff. Uh, but at the end of the day, what has improved um, air quality and water quality and, uh, and, and reclamation success and all that kind of stuff has all been technologically driven. And uh, just innovation from within the industry to, to continue to do better at their job. So, um, uh, you know, that's why, uh, you know, all the air emissions have, you know, despite population growth and, and demand growth and all that stuff, emissions have kept going down and down and down and down. Um, it's, it's, it's uh, you know, hate, you know, hate to burst the bubble uh, of regulators, but that's really not been a function of regulation. It's been a function of innovation. And that's the story of America. Uh, not just in oil and gas, as innovation generally drives all these sorts of things, and it's still happening. So there's a super interesting company in, in a startup company out of Casper that's doing uh, pipeline leak detection um, through artificial intelligence, uh, and uh, that that's pretty great. Um, uh, there's uh, it ha hasn't really taken hold in Wyoming yet, and it's pretty capital intensive still, but these costs get driven down as you know, methane uh, detection and other leak detection via drone coverage um, is, uh, has really uh, taken off quite a bit. That's pretty amazing. One of the challenges of the Powder River Basin is water and, and, and not, not water quality, but water supply. Yep. Uh, and so um, there's a lot of, of new technology and innovation in, in capturing produced water and recycling it so that it, you're not always in, in every next uh, drilling program, you're not always drawing, you know, fresh water from the well, you're recycling from old jobs. Uh, and that's pretty great. So other small companies have been in the news that are working on, on how to treat produced water so you can actually uh, uh, use them, uh, use that produced water for agriculture purposes and that kind of thing. Uh, so uh, and then reclamation is amazing. I mean, just the, you think it's just, you know, well, they just sh shove some dirt on and scatter some seeds. I mean, you know that there's like, there's a, just, a, there's a science about successful reclamation yeah. that, um, that continues to improve every, every single day. And, and, you know, really proud of the operators for that too. 
Cool. That's awesome. That's great. Um, that's really cool to see, you know, tech companies, you know, especially here in Wyoming, starting up and uh, trying to help the, you know, existing industries. Um, so as we, as we're starting to wrap up, we just want to ask you, you know, what does this phrase go be Wyoming uh, mean to you? Yeah, that's interesting. Um, I, 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 uh, I thought about that as I, I thought you guys were kind enough to let me know that in advance. Um, it, it's it, it's an interesting title and um honestly guys i think that question is uh that question is a little bit of in, in flux uh in in uh, i think that's we're a microcosm of the nation in that way uh but i think we're struggling here in in wyoming to to know what that means uh and it, you know you take what everyone talks about as the three-legged stool of wyoming's economy energy agriculture and travel and tourism and you really break that down and what that looks like well it's not a very great three-legged stool it's really one leg with two like kind of small posts you know mm -hmm. um oil and gas gdp is more than than the other two combined well if oil and gas is in trouble like we have been what does that mean for wyoming right what is the wyoming solution for that and that's what what legislators down here are really really focused on and and uh, there's really quite a quite a battle about that. So, you know, we know that given our current budget crisis, we could we could fire every single state employee, every state employee, fire them all, and we wouldn't make up the budget shortfall. So, um, you know, despite some pretty interesting talking points, we 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 can't cut our way out of this, um, and and um, and we can't tax our way out of this. Our our population is too small. So, you know. If you can't do either one uh, by itself, what, what what do you have left? And and this is a this is a real battle, as you know. I've listened to some of your other other podcasts with some of the legislators talk about this, and you can see uh, uh, where where some of that divide lies. So, um, you know, for for you know, that's, it's a long way of saying that I think um, being Wyoming, go be Wyoming, is 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 or should be that we are willing to sit down with each other. And have open and honest conversations about this. That if oil and gas is not going to be what it was, then we have to sit down and figure out how we're going to move forward on that, and not um, not not belittle other people and demagogue and and you know call Cheyenne the swamp, which I think is absolutely unfair. Um, as a Casper guy, I'm willing to say that, <laughs> you know. Um, so uh, it, you know we, we we've we've got real challenges, and it's going to take really just rolling up our sleeves and working on that, uh, uh, as opposed to to just just spreading sort of fear and that kind of stuff. Um, and and I think that's what Wyoming is. I still believe that's what Wyoming is that we can, uh, you know, we can we can fix a fence and talk about these things. Um, so uh, I guess that's my hopeful answer. Maybe Paul Vianish, but it's hopeful anyway, and uh, uh, we'll leave it at that. No, that was perfect. No, that um, that was wonderful. And then, you know, to kind of keep you on that same thread, you know, do you have a message for, um, you know, first, I think kind of what we were just talking that that message about what go be Wyoming means, um, what's your message to, you know, oil and gas professionals, um, the small businesses, and then maybe young people, you know, um, you know, we yeah. were kind of, we were kind of uh, joking with Zach there, you guys both were kind of Wyomingites that left and then came back, you know, so what's kind of your last little message to, uh, you know, young professionals and then oil and gas professionals too? Yeah, so um, I would say oil and gas professionals, God bless you. Um, I, you know, one of the one of the 
best things about this job and one of the things that I that I really like to try to uh, kind of a new project at PAW is is we're we're about ready to launch a, a new um, uh, or a, a new membership for um, uh, really kind of geared towards more employees inside oil and gas companies rather than than just the government relations companies themselves because look it's like you know it's guys like you it's guys like um, uh, all across the state who you know by god get up every morning and go out to the field and 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 sometimes in the worst possible weather and and take pride in their job and keep wyoming going because of that and um it's just it's it's an it's an amazing line of work and uh and it's a line of work that sometimes gets crushed by by things we can't control, global pandemics and stupid fights between Saudi Arabia and Russia and these kind of things, you know, um, uh, you know, a, a potential uh, federal government that wants to shut down leasing, you know, it, it, you know, we've had these challenges. We've had them since 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 1884 in the state in terms of, you know, that was when our first rig was drilled, and uh, and yet we're still around. We 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 respond to challenges. And we thrive on that, and we're going to do it again. Uh, we're going to come out of this, and we're going to uh, come back strong, and uh, and we're going to do it together. So, um, uh, just you know, keep at it, oil and gas people. Um, I, I, I trust you. I have faith in you, and and I, and a lot of people, a lot of people are counting on you. With regard to young people, this is this is an interesting challenge. Um, so, first thing I'll say to Zach is, um, come home, you know, when you're done with your school and, and whatever else, uh, you know, I did it. And actually interesting, I mentioned that AI company, you know, doing that leak detection stuff. That guy actually did the same thing, you know, graduated, you know, went to Casper, graduated UW, and then went worked for a defense contractor out of state for a long time. Came back and started a business in Wyoming and uh, and a different business that he built up and, and ultimately sold and now started a new one. Like that's, you know, fine, go out and, and, and see what is out there. But we need you back, and because uh, that's what ultimately what's gonna what's gonna be uh, what what helps Wyoming in whatever future we've got is is having people uh, be willing to come back and take an investment in in our in our home in our state. So um, I did it, and I don't regret it, and uh, I'm sure Zach's the same way, and and I hope and I know my my friend who started that AI company is the same way. So we'll uh, you know I hope I hope people continue to do that. Awesome. Zach, anything to end there? Uh, no, I think that's great. Uh, my plan has always been to uh, go to school and then come back and teach in Sheridan. So, yeah, I appreciate go. it. Ho hopefully we'll get some rigs back up so we can keep funding the schools for that purpose. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, Pete, thank you for your time. Um, we really appreciate it. Hopefully we do this again. Um, um, I think that I think um, in the future maybe we keep bringing you guys on. Maybe not you, but somebody from PAW, you know, to um, talk about federal things or any you know state stuff, obviously. Um, but yeah, we appreciate your time. Happy to do it. Hey, thanks, guys. It's a lot of fun. That was our interview with Pete Obermuller, president of PAW, Petroleum Association of Wyoming. You can catch Aaron and Zach's reactions in our energy and agriculture segment coming out Friday, October 23rd. Thank you for listening to another episode of Go Be Wyoming.
that way. Um, yeah, it, embarrassingly, the title is president. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah. So you can just call me El Presidente. <laughs>